Aiden has no shame about this, and rightly so. Right, nothing to be embarrassed about with your Parmesan toes there, Aiden. <laughs> Any bad guys, if they were on Strava, they'd know exactly where I was going at the exact same time I was every single to week. I your bike only turned left. The headset was locked or something, and it only went left. In other big news, I got an entry to the rest. And speaking of comedy. <laughs> That's just mean. I'm moving to Carlo from Cape Town in June. So That's going to be a to shock to the system. <laughs> from Cape Town to Carlo. It's another Friday. It's another Newbie Questions. It's episode 704. Sarah, welcome back to the hot seat. Thank you. It's good to be back. We had a busy week in the Roadman Offices, call them offices, yeah. And Makes Sarah hasn't important. started the podcast talking about the weather. First time ever. <laughs> There's still time. There is still a lot of time. No, your record is in the open in 30 seconds, you mentioned. <laughs> I love talking about the weather over a cup of tea. It's the most Irish thing ever. I said to Sarah, are you ready to roll? And she said, roger that. Roger, that's a new term we've been using since watching David Goggins speaking live last month, where, what does it mean again? Orders understood expect action or something. Yeah, expect results. Expect <laughs> results. Information received, orders understood, expect results. Yeah, that's exactly roger it. So that. Don't say roger that unless <laughs> you're going to deliver. So you are going to give us results in this podcast by virtue of using the expression roger that. Absolutely, absolutely. Have you seen... I thought this was absolutely amazing. Somebody on Strava, now I'm not a huge fan of Strava. I very rarely use it because I always think that there's going to be serial killers watching my Strava because I'm... I'm you ride the same road every single I, day. I actually do. I'm a creature of habit. I have like four routes that I consistently go on. Uh, my coach is always kind of slagging me. He's like, oh my God, Sarah, you need to mix that up a little bit. Um, but yeah, I just think that the, any serial killer, you know, any bad guys, if they were on Strava, they'd know exactly where I was going at the exact same time every single week. I was beginning to think week. your bike only turned left. The headset was locked <laughs> or something and it only went left. <laughs> you never go right when you hit the coast. I did see this, uh, this thing on Strava and it was... The largest Strava GPX file in the shape of a dinosaur in France. And it was posted a couple of weeks ago. This is really cool. You posted it, I retweeted it, and you thought that this was completely naff. But it's the shape of a... Now, I thought this was absolutely brilliant. It looked like a T-Rex to me, but I'm not really very <laughs> up to date with my dinosaurs. But very smartly, they called it the Velociraptor. And I just think this is cool. They cycled in a shape of a dinosaur and there's a backstory behind it because they want to essentially bring some more focus to the fact that dinosaurs were extinct and we too can be extinct so ride your bike a little bit more i love that message yeah i don't know it's a bit enough i think it's cool i it's think like it's really really too, cool too much time in your hands lads if you can be going out doing velociraptor shapes on your strava but yeah but they have a cause what's your cause just Enter comedy. Comedy is my cause. I see, I see. In other big news, I got an entry to the rest. And speaking of comedy. <laughs> That's just mean. I got it. So the Rift has been sold out for a few weeks. And despite our fame here on the Roadman Cycling Podcast, no one from the Rift reached out to offer me <laughs> offer me an entry, probably because I'll die out there. They didn't want that on their hands. They didn't want that bad PR. <laughs> but if anyone is looking for entries onto the Rift, if you 
keep a close eye on their Instagram, there are people selling their tickets who can't attend. So I'll be selling hers in about two weeks <laughs> on their Rift Instagram. I want to give a shout out to a chap called Callum that I bought my ticket from. Hello, Callum. Thanks for that. So yeah, I can't wait. I've so, I'm signed up for the 200 kilometers, but Anthony has been trying to convince me over the last two, three days only to do the 100 kilometers. Well, I'm getting quite fond of you and <laughs> I don't think you're going to finish the two. You will finish the 200, but it'll be a thoroughly miserable day. Be a hard day at the office. The 100k is going to be about six and a bit hours, six, seven hours. And I think that's probably a long enough time to spend in the saddle, is Six it? and a bit is like six and another three. Do you think it's going to take me <laughs> nine hours? Oh, you of little faith. So this morning I got up and I literally Googled how many weeks away is Rift and it's 20. So I am, I'm a woman possessed. A woman possessed. Yeah, I do have the chills and that sort of sense of urgency as well because I signed up for Leadville mountain bike race. I've been talking about it for a couple of weeks and I finally got my entry confirmed because there's a lottery system on that and I did have to kind of backdoor it in. So it was difficult to get an entry, but stages hooked me up with that. Shout out to them for sorting me out with that. And I'm really excited by it, but also absolutely terrified by it because I've never, ever raced a mountain bike race, but I'm about to pop that cherry this You're going to lose your mountain bike race virginity this weekend, Anthony. As long as I don't come last. I don't even mind if I come last. I just want to have all my teeth. Oh, there's home. too many innuendos there. <laughs> can't pass that up. I just, just don't even bother, Sarah, because they're all going to get chopped out. So, <laughs> And so, yeah, how are you feeling about the mountain bike races? I just want to hold my teeth. I just really am attached to them at this point. Mm-hmm. We went mountain biking this week and yeah, it's so much fun. You have an, a brand new factor mountain bike and I think you fell deeply in love with that bike. Well, what I'm so shocked that I've been riding those trails quite a bit on my gravel bike and on the gravel bike, I call in these sections like drop-off sections. Now, there's not much of a drop-off, but... On the gravel bike, it actually needs a lot of focus, a lot of concentration, maybe a small bit of skill and a touch of luck to get through them where you're looking at the rocks and you're looking at the shape of them and saying, okay, I can go down the left-hand side of this and cut across and there's a smoother line here. It's quite cerebral, right? You need a lot of glucose going to the brain to figure out some of them drop-offs on the gravel bike. And once or twice, I have got it wrong on the gravel bike. On the double source factor mountain bike, it's like riding down a totally tarmacadam road. There's no skill required. It's just like blast over. It's like sitting on a couch that it's happens to have wheels on it, but you're on the side of a mountain. Yeah, but I also forgot to put pressure. Who knew you had to put pressure into your rear suspension? And I was like, why do I keep touching my pedals? And I texted one of my mountain bike friends and I got home. He's like, what pressure did you put into your rear suspension? I was like, you're meant to put pressure into that? So, yeah. <laughs> you, you are a mountain bike Fred. This is newbie questions. I thought it was a safe space. You're going to label on people, Fred. <laughs> the podcasts were absolutely rocking this week as well, Anthony. I loved Laura Vanderkam. What an amazing podcast. That actually really challenged a concept I've been working on because, you know, you see me with my head stuck in my diary every morning after my coffee and I'm always trying to figure out what does my ideal day look like. And the idea being if you can engineer something resembling an ideal day and we roll that out time after time, you get an ideal week, an ideal month, an ideal life. But she actually pushed back on that idea and said there's 168 hours in a week and instead of trying to optimize for an ideal day, because how can you have an ideal Monday? I do all my coaching on a Monday. I have other obligations of admin stuff on a Monday. So then Monday can never be your ideal day. She said, look for an ideal week. What are the two or three things? Maybe I want to go mountain biking twice a week. You put them in. Maybe you want to, you know, hang out with family a couple of times a week. You put them in and optimize for an ideal week instead of an ideal day. Optimize those 168 hours. I love the interview. It's one of my favorite ones in a long time. 
Okay, question number one, and this is from Tom McDonnell. Any tips for numbness down below when using the indoor trainer? Down what below does he mean what? by <laughs> down below your knees? I was like the bottom of your feet. Your ankles are going numb. <laughs> say what you mean, Tom. Be a man. Uh, yeah, we can we can we can say whatever we your want on this show. <laughs> you have blue balls on the trainer. The oh god, the area between your bum the, and your the bars, balls, the, the bars. bars. Yeah, it's going numb. Is that a is is that a common thing? I guess the indoor trainer it does happen a little bit more. It's a bit more uncomfortable. You're sitting on the saddle way more than you usually would. Yeah, well, it's kind of down to why the what bike is more effective way to spend your time than riding outside. Because if I go outside for a one-hour ride, I get down to the end of my road, I have a stop sign, I go another kilometer, I've got a traffic light. So I go another kilometer, I've got a pedestrian crossing, and I've got a little bit of time until I get out into the countryside. So if I'm only doing a one-hour spin, I've quite a few stoppages in that. I've quite a few times where I'm coming off the saddle to relieve that pressure. I've quite a few times where there's a little bit of a grade where I get out of the saddle, shift down a couple of gears, it releases all that numbness, it works a different set of muscles, and that's only just in a one-hour spin. Typically then we come inside to the trainer and we're on the watt bike and we don't move. We're just locked in this one position. So while it's super efficient from a training physiological point of view because we're maximizing that return on the one-hour training investment, we're not getting out of the saddle very much and that is causing a bit of numbness. And I think if you also couple that with the fact that a lot of us spend time, effort, and money optimizing our outdoor bike fit position, and then we get inside and we just kind of go, ah, that looks about right. And I'm I'm a sucker for this one as well, where I don't take the time to actually measure everything. I'm like, it kind of feels all right. But when you put those two together, it's a little bit of a George Clooney-esque perfect storm. Yeah, and I think for your indoor setup, if you want to optimize it and make it a nice experience, and if you're training indoors a lot, particularly if you live in a climate like we do, you need to invest potentially in a saddle that suits you, not just for your outdoor bike, but also for your indoor bike. I have, everyone knows that I love the uh, ISM saddle. It's completely transformed my time on the bike. But when I hop on the Watt bike, you know, I'd, I'd almost be tempted to buy a third ISM. I'll, I'll get kicked out of the apartment for saying it because they're quite, they're quite expensive. But having a saddle that suits you on your indoor trainer, your Watt bike or whatever you have, will really make a huge difference too. Anthony, when I think about numbness and when I've suffered from it in the past, is it anything to do with cadence or are the two things correlated? So maybe he needs to take his cadence back a bit or up a bit. Could that help? Or is it basically just because he's not standing up? I think it's the fit and I think it's the, like those bits I was saying, the fit and the being static in it. Cadence, I think, is maybe it exaggerates the problem and it gets you to a point of numbness faster, but it's not the underlying problem. But if your saddle is too high, that's when I'd be kind of thinking that's going to cause numbness. So if he drops it down a little bit, that's probably not the total answer either to stop the numbness. It's a, an overall fit, isn't it, that you need to It's bringing your road bike fit across to your, your watt bike. bike. Okay. But while we're on this subject, Sarah, and before we move on to it, can you please put the watt bike my setup back when you're finished on it. It's like I go, I mean, I'm a time crunch cyclist these days and I have a narrow window to get a narrow session done. I jump on and I'm like, why is the 
stem so close to me? Why am I banging my, ha- my knees off the handlebars? Why is the saddle down? Anthony, can I ask you, when you finish using my WAP bike to put my measurements back on, please? Because when I get on, I'm like, why is the saddle so high? Why is the stem so far away? You're really so. annoying. Second question. <laughs> okay, question number two, and this comes from just saying in real life, <laughs> and that's on Twitter. So how do you consume one gram of carbs per kilo of body weight per hour on the Wicklow 200? Now, for everyone who's not from Ireland, the Wicklow 200 is a 200 kilometer sportif. It happens every summer. It's very, very hilly. So it does take people many hours to do. So I guess this is a fueling question, Anthony. This guy actually wrote in after he put another comment in to say that he's a 100 kilogram rider. So he needs to get 100 grams of carbs every hour and he's struggling. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a real struggle for everyone. I've had Mark Sisson on the podcast. I recorded it this week. I don't think it's released for till next week or the week after. That's an interesting chat for you to check out. Mark Sisson is a proponent for taking some of your fueling or as high a percentage as possible of your fueling needs from fat and then picking up the residual weight carbohydrates. It's an idea called metabolic flexibility. But one gram of carbs per kilogram of body weight is about the go-to rule in world tour with cycling at the moment. Even upwards of that, some of the 70 kilogram riders are taking in 120 grams of carbs an hour, which is, what is it, like 1.5 grams of carbs per kilo of body weight. There is a little bit of a logistical challenge and a pre-planning challenge on it and a gastro toll that it takes on your stomach. So I would practice it out training before you start doing on the Wicklow 200. SIS make a product called Beta Fuel, which I've been using in races where you get shot blocks, you can get drink, and you can get gels all Beta Fuel. They all have a higher concentration of carbohydrates than a lot of the other products I've used. And it means you don't have to carry like a trailer behind you full of food for the day because they're quite concentrated in carbohydrates. Yeah, I think forget about the bananas on a day like that. If you were <laughs> basically, that would be, I mean, three bananas multiplied by seven, 21 bananas bringing with you. It's not going to work. So invest in some of the more technical products that you can buy in your bike shop but there's also food stops as well there is food stops i think there's like there's sambos and i think there might be sambo sports drink potentially bars, bars. Or, yeah exactly so yeah you can plan and then pick up the residual on that because it is nice to have some solid f- food in your system as well when you've been eating bars and gels all day long yeah when you get off the bike bars and gels you just want to go and brush your teeth and eat some proper food don't you We are brought to you today by Athletic Greens AG1. This magical green powder of 75 pristinely sourced vitamins and minerals supports your gut health, immune function, and it helps with energy, recovery, focus, and even anti-aging. These are a few of the many reasons that AG1 has become a staple part of my routine. First thing, every morning into a cold glass of water. AG1 saves me time and money by taking all the guesswork out of what vitamin stack I should be using to help optimize my health. So you can reclaim your health with convenient daily nutrition. It's easy. One scoop in a cup of water every day. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free year's supply of immune-supporting vitamin D plus five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash roadman. That's athleticgreens.com forward slash roadman to take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. The link and all the details for this offer are in today's show notes. 
Okay, question number three, and this is from Luis. What's one thing you've learned as a cyclist up to now that you wish you knew when you started? Or what's the best piece of advice you could give your beginner self? What's, if I flick it back to you, Sarah, what's the best thing you've learned since you started? Uh, Honestly, and I know I spoke about it earlier, it's getting that comfortable on the bike. Because if you're comfortable on the bike, I had so many problems with my saddle. And as our first listener called it, what did he say? Down below. Yeah. Numbness down below. Numbness down below and loads of other problems like saddle sores, all of that really fun stuff. Uh, I found getting really comfortable on the bike was a game changer for me because it really spurned me on to spend more time on the bike and then kind of start worrying about cadence. The other thing I will say that I see so many people doing when they're newbies is they don't use their gears. They don't understand about moving in from their little ring to their big ring and actually making the bike do a little bit of work for you when you're climbing or descending. And then the last thing I will say, and it's not meant to be one thing, a people, whole list of things. Sure, there's so many things to learn when you're a cyclist. The third thing is eating. Eating and drinking on the bike will completely transform your training and your enjoyment on the bike. The only reason I get around with the lads on the Saturday, the Saturday spin, when they're all racing each other, is because I'm so focused on keeping my sugar levels up. And that kind of keeps me able to hang on in there, at least on the wheels anyway. I would say probably not taking yourself too serious. And it's something Mm -hmm. that everybody that starts out cycling, there's a little bit of a journey they go on where they think they're, you know, Billy Big Time. They start spending a lot of time and effort and they just take cycling more serious than they should for the level they're at. Like, if you rewind as to why we all got into cycling, even as a kid, it's because it's fun. It's a good way to laugh. And one of those sort of longevity... The reason you got into cycling was because your girlfriend lived on the other side of the city, wasn't it? <laughs> no. <laughs> I cycled to college was one of the big ones for me. Uh, getting the bus one hour, one hour, 30 minutes each way over to UCD was one of the big ones for me, where it was like three hours a day on the bus versus 30 minute cycle on the bus each day. But yeah, just not taking yourself too serious because I think if you start taking it too serious, the fun goes out of it. You see Katsu riders who are, you know, they, they think they're riding for Ineos. Like, they're full gas on every aspect of their preparation. And at that level, it just doesn't merit taking the game that serious. That's not saying you shouldn't train and not saying you shouldn't race hard, but also you you don't pay the bills with being a bike rider. I see Katsu riders that are more serious than some of the World Tour guys I know. And it doesn't create a nice environment. And I think I definitely fell into that trap at the start as I was trying to move my way up when I was in France for the year. I was probably a pretty miserable person to be around. I'm sure if any of my old French teammates are listening to this, they will attest to that. But it's, yeah, it's taken me a bit of maturity to figure out, you know, there's layers to the onion and there's always someone a lot, lot better than you. Even now, it's actually ridiculous now because we're seeing the likes of Remco coming into the sport and they're so young and they're achieving so much so early that if you're like, 24-year-old or a 25-year-old who's taking it uber serious. It's like, the window's nearly gone for you. Like, you're not going to step up to World Tour unless you're already at a level now. Unless you're riding Conti and getting results at that age, you're not stepping up to a level. So just chill, relax and enjoy it. Question number four. I've been a follower of yours for a while. Great content. 
had a question around the cycling scene in Ireland, in particular the road scene at the 40 plus age cat level. Are the age categories separated or do you race in categories, example, one, two, three, etc.? Is it well supported and attended or are most people moving into gravel and mountain bike racing? I'm moving to Carlo from Cape Town in June. That's going to be a shock to the system. (laughs) From Cape Town to Carlo. Uh, in June so trying to work out if there's much on the calendar to get involved with why why is the question (laughs) Cape Epic is on over in South Africa at the moment I'm really jealous I have mad FOMO about it I really want to do it next year but to answer Josh's question and this was a rare newbie question that got sent to me over on Instagram no one ever sends me newbie (laughs) questions Uh, Yeah, the scene in Ireland is broken down as category one, two, three, four, etc. So regardless of your age category, you're just classified as either cat one, two, three, or four. The only time that the age categories come in is racing for nationals or the very, very odd race, maybe on the track and stuff, they'll have it broken down by age category. But if you're racing road, it's cat one, two, three, four. There's an absolutely thriving scene. There's club leagues going you know, two, three nights a week in, across the country. There's open races on Saturday and Sunday. Go over to Cycling Ireland's website, click on the events tab and you'll see the full category. Also, mountain biking is a pretty thriving scene. My first race at the weekend. Gravel, not so big. You need to dig a little bit to find gravel and you need to travel. But there's been a couple. We went to the Old Town ones at Christmas or Old Castle. That was brilliant fun. Yeah, that's right. And then we're at an amazing one up in Fermanagh. Lakeland Gravel Grinder. Lakeland it's brilliant Gravel as well. But yeah. I, there's, yeah, there's not many on the gravel calendar, but road and mountain bike, absolutely chock-a-block. There's loads. And Josh, when you get to Carlo, you're <laughs> you're about 90 kilometers from us, but you're more than welcome to come and join the roadmen on their Saturday and Sunday spin. So drop Anthony another Instagram message when you arrive. Last question, and this is actually from a current roadman. I don't know if I should name or shame him because name this, him. Is, this is very embarrassing. No, you put it up on his Twitter, so name <laughs> Aiden Somerville, hello. Aiden wants to know, what do people do to keep your cycling shoes smelling okay and not like a French cheese factory? Anthony read this out to me when I was eating my lunch earlier and I had to tell him to stop. I was starting to feel a bit nauseous. Anthony... This isn't something that I don't think either of us suffer from. I think some people are more prone to stinky feet than other people. Also, if I was putting that question up on my Twitter, I would have put, asking for a friend. Aidan <laughs> <laughs> has no shame about this. And rightly so. Right, Nothing to be embarrassed about with your Parmesan toes there, Aidan. <laughs> oh, uh, best thing advice? to do is get new feet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think you... I'm completely stumped. Sarah's stuck for words. I don't believe it for the first time ever. Look, there's loads of things you can do. There's older eaters. You can throw into the shoes. You can air them out when you come in straight away. How old are the cycling shoes? Have you washed them? Throw them in the washing machine. Inside in a pillowcase with a tennis ball for some reason is the way I've been told to wash your cycling shoes. Uh, also maybe changing your cycling shoes occasionally. I think we have this tendency to hold on to cycling shoes for two, three, four, or five years, they're probably something that should be changed out if you're doing the mileage that Aiden is doing every season. Mm, yeah, they're expensive. So I know when they're structurally okay and they're still comfortable, you're probably a little bit, you know, it's a, a little bit of a stretch to have to throw them out. But yeah, I think so. Maybe change them. 
good quality. I know Aiden has really good quality kits, so it's not really applicable to him. I'd say buy cheaper more often, though. Do you reckon? Yeah. Okay, that is good advice. You're in the market for a new set of shoes at the moment, too. I am, and I will be buying new shoes. My physique or ones, which I love, and it's my probably my third or fourth set. Might even move away from them. Watch this spot. Could be a tech corner one next week. So let's cover tech. So we know the Taiwanese hardware and electronics company Acer. Yeah, and they're kind of famous for building laptops. We've all had Acer laptops in our lives. But they are now moving into the bike industry and they're developing a smart bike like we're going to have smart cars at the moment. So this is going to be completely driven by AI technology. And apparently it's going to give you this like effortless riding. It has this smart assist and it actually learns the rider's pedaling power and the riding conditions and preferred cadence. And it basically adapts to these habits and it creates this kind of personalized experience. So I don't think they're going to be bringing in self-drive bikes, but they've got loads of safety features on them. They've got a shed load of lighting and GPS. So if you feel like you can't find your bike, it will tell you on your app where it is. And then also there is a collision assist on it. So it'll warn you if cars are getting too close or if objects are too close. So it's the future of commuting, I think. Looks kind of interesting. I hate the idea of collision detection because Spatial awareness is something that is kind of bred into most bike riders and you have a good sense of gaps you can get through. Even a gap that you look like you can't get through in the traffic if you've ridden in the city for a long time, you anticipate and appreciate when a gap is about to enlarge or when a gap is about to close. And that's buses pulling away or maybe buses about to hit the brakes coming up to a bus stop. I just worry that this collision detection thing is going to, as I try to go through a gap that I need to accelerate through, that it's going to say I'm too close and put the brakes on and then that gap is going to get smaller on me. I just, I don't like passing over control of the bike in any way to something else. Yeah, I agree. But then when self-drive cars and that whole concept came out a couple of years ago, we were like, that will never work. No one's ever going to trust a car to do that. So who knows, maybe this might take off. They're in research and development with them at the moment. So no prices as yet, but I don't know. Watch the space. I think it looks kind of cool. No, I hope it fails. <laughs> 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 it just feels like uh, too much Terminator 2 for me to, like, what was that called? Skyline or Skyworks Skyline. or something. That it's going to just Skyline, I think. take control of my bike and bring me around <laughs> the city to places I don't want to go. And I'm kind of like Dougal stuck on the milk float from Father Ted <laughs> as an unwilling victim in this joyride around the city from an AI-powered Acer bike. Wow. Yeah. You went really, <laughs> you went with that. <laughs> Folks, thanks for tuning in. Sarah's going to be back tomorrow with another solo cast and then I'm going to be back again on Monday. Ride safe and have a great weekend. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Have you ever wondered how good you could actually be? Each of us has a unique set of circumstances with work, family and social obligations, but we also want to fulfill our potential in cycling. Okay, okay, maybe you won't ever win the Tour de France, but for most of us, this is what cycling is about. So let us build you the perfect training plan around your lifestyle that's totally unique to you and will help you finally realize your cycling dreams. So whether you're just getting started on the bike or if you're a more seasoned cyclist, we have a suitable coach for you. So why not schedule a call with us and we can have a chat about how we can help you go further than you ever dreamed of in your cycling and fitness goals. 
go to roadmancycling.com forward slash contact or pop me an email directly to sarah at roadmancycling.com. 